Welcome to Younger Older with Nate and Dave, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. And if you've been following us, whenever uh, we open up and we talk with Nate, we're talking about his journey through cancer. What kind of cancer do you have again, if you remember the name? It is called goblet cell carcinoid. For Very all, rare. Yeah, for all of us that have no clue as to what he just said, let's just call it cancer. <laughs> and um, it is something that has spread, though, right? I mean, yes. if you, you have multiple tumors in places. and Yep, it metastasized through the lymphatic system, uh, then into my liver, and into parts of my spine, okay. or the vertebrate uh, part of my spine, and then uh, one rib. All right. Now, it's interesting, in our last uh, podcast together, we were talking about, you you know, the chemo is not really a cure. Correct. Could you explain that to me? Then why are you getting chemo if it's not a cure? And what are you hoping to achieve by doing the chemo? Uh, the chemo will prolong life. Okay. Uh, you know, at this stage, you know, if you heard the you know, our first podcast, uh, I've got, you know, small children. That is really the driving force going through this treatment is, okay. you know, just being with my kids and okay. enjoying the time that I have with them. Um, you know, the chemo could cure it, but it's not expected to cure it. Um, it can keep things, you know, at bay. It's kind of like you, you have a fire and you can control the fire. Okay. And that's kind of what the chemo is doing. You can control it so that it doesn't get out of control. So the the possibility of you having the cancer for the rest of your life is really real. Mm-hmm. Correct. But it could be controlled so that you can live a somewhat normal life. Yeah. Do you know anyone else that is in a position, not with that cancer necessarily, but is having um, ongoing year after year treatment and, and living still and enjoying life but still suffers from cancer? Oh, yeah. Uh, a friend of ours yep. is in the same boat. Uh, nine years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer and was told he had like six to nine months to live. And here it is nine years later, and he's still still kicking around. Okay. And, yeah, it's uh, he's another great person to talk to uh, that has cancer. Uh, it, he'll actually tell you cancer was the best thing that ever happened to him because it really changed his perspective on life yes. and where value is. You know, he's a very generous man, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, I remember um, he is a, he's a mechanic and you're a mechanic, and mm-hmm. that's your you're kind of um, tied together at, at the first. But I, I can remember a couple times that um, I was having trouble with a vehicle, and he he actually came over here and picked it up, took it home, fixed it, and delivered it as a gift. Just did it for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what would you do that for? I, well, because he wanted to. He wanted to take care of me, and I, was a, I, I just thought that's very cool. You know, I mean— we can see Christ in so many people's lives if they just live in a way that would demonstrate who Christ is in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they be going for chemo or whether they be a mechanic or whether they work at Walmart, it doesn't matter. All the jobs that we have in life are sacred. Um, you talked about um, the importance of being able to spend some time with your kids. Um, isn't it interesting how life's perspectives change a little bit when you get something like this and you look and you begin to realize how important those relationships really are to you? Mm-hmm. And yep. it's, is, it, is it 
weird of us to have to have something like this happen before we slow down enough to enjoy the relationships around us? It's strange, but God likes to work in strange ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because before your cancer diagnosis, um, you and I have been friends and you work here at Silver Birch Ranch with us. And I, I wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, you're not, you know, you don't enjoy the relationships in your family like you should. And maybe you're doing just fine. But it's interesting to see how much more important they are when you get this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then how you rearrange your life for the things that are important yep. in life. There's a passage in the Bible, Matthew 6, uh, and it talks about, uh, I well, it could be, it's in Matthew. Um, it talks about where your treasure is, your heart is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have taken that passage and I think misrepresented it. They have said that where your money is, your heart is. And I think, you know, if that's the way you want to interpret that passage, then you're ignoring the contextual part of it because it goes on and it talks about the things that are really treasures are things that you can take with you out of this life. There are things that can travel with you to the next life. It's not going to be your car. It's not going to be your house. It's not going to be... Anything else that you have possession-wise, the only thing that can travel with you to the next life and for eternity are people. So where should your priority be according to that passage? People. Yeah. If your treasure is in this world, if your treasure is in money, uh, health, if your treasure is in fame, you're going to be somebody who's disappointed because that stuff doesn't deliver. But, I, but the Bible, it, that's a, just a very frank statement. Wherever your treasure is, wherever it is, that's where your heart is. So if, you're, you know, if your treasure is money, for example, and you get uh, cancer like you have, maybe the first thought in your life is, oh, I can't make the money I want to make. Where, okay, fine, you're not. I'm getting older. There'll be a time where I'm going to go, I can't make the money I used to make. Mm-hmm. That's part of life. There are seasons of life where you can go out and be very productive, and there are other seasons where you can't. But the money isn't the treasure. You know, I just spoke of our friend who was very generous and kind to me this, this one moment, and that's where the treasure is. He demonstrated where his treasure was. He spent time trying to show somebody they were important to him, and he used his skill and his talents to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think he does that more in life because of the cancer that he's had. And he's found out that, that, that that's what's important. So you're on this journey now. You're on a journey that is, uh, I, I want to say unique, but everybody's journey is unique. So I don't think that's a big deal in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've talked, I have narcolepsy, I have other things, you have cancer. Okay, different. Mine isn't terminal unless I fall asleep while I'm driving. Um, yours is not really terminal at this point. It is, but mm -hmm. all of our lives are terminal, so I, I'm not yep. sure what that word means. Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen to you five months, five years, 50 years from now. Mm -hmm. So we're in the same boat that way. So what is it that you see God using this cancer to do in you? If you could just make a list of, here's things that are going on right now in my head that because of the cancer and the treatment and the change in job, you know, Here's the things that I'm thinking about now on a regular basis that maybe I would just think about before, but not as, as deep. It, it, I, if I caught you off guard, we can go somewhere else. But oh, no. it's, uh, I find the more time I spend with my kids, 
is very valuable. Yeah, you know, I, I always valued spending time with my kids, but there's that unknown of, you know, I could die in six months, right? two years, three years. And, you know, I want, you know, the selfish side of me wants, you know, my kids to really remember me for, you know, me just not kind of, oh yeah, it was my dad, he was cool. It's, you know, having that genuine relationship where they've got quality memories. You know, my oldest is six years old and he's really starting to grasp kind of what's going on. Right. Is you know best as a six year old can. Uh, my two younger uh, kids, uh, three and two year old, uh, they don't quite grasp the concept of you know daddy is really sick. They just know oh, he's sick. He's going to the doctor. Right. Maybe he's going to get a shot. And you know the more time I spend with them, the more memories they will have. Yeah, because it's uh yeah, I have a legacy that I'm you know leaving behind and. You know, I want them to see you know, at every stage of my life that you know I was God honoring, and that, you know, also spending time with my wife. Yep. It's uh, you know, if it was just my wife and I in this, you know, without the kids, it makes it a little bit different. You know, yep. we're, you know, we understand what's going on, but you know, my children don't quite grasp what's going on. So investing, you know, just a lot of time in them, you know, and I was in a lot of pain. You know, just having them sit with me was sometimes very painful. But I fought through that because I want them, you know, I don't want to push them away. Right. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to push your kid away. Yep. And, you know, it's as much as I want to do that because it brought great pain, you know, just from the back pain, moving them around. And I fought through that because it was important to me and important to them. Yeah. You know, I've watched your kids and, and um, what's interesting is to see your daughters just adore you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they just soon want to come and just sit on your lap. Oh, yeah. And as soon as you come in and you sit in your chair, that's where they want to go, it seems. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's when I'm not there, if that's what they do. But w- when I've been there, it's evident that they want to do that. And that's so appropriate at their age at mm-hmm. this point to just enjoy the fact that their father loves them. Mm-hmm. And the best way you can do that is by sitting with them now and just enjoying them. Uh, the idea of enjoying people and enjoying God has been a theme that, you know, I, I've been throwing around in the last couple of years. And uh, men will look at me sometimes a little confused by that. What do you mean enjoying? I'm, I'm not talking about enjoying by using them. I'm talking about just enjoying who they are, mm-hmm. enjoying who your children are, enjoying who your wife is enjoying who God is. That's part of the wonder of life is enjoying the body of Christ and enjoying the various um, entities, uh, various gifts and talents that people have. Uh, Just that enjoyment factor. And I see that that's increasing in you. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing. And here's the funny part. I don't know that before this happened that you would say you were deficient in enjoying your children. Mm -mm. I've always enjoyed being with them. Yeah, so it's, it, but yet there's another level. Mm-hmm. It's amplified. Which is very interesting. And if, if God would um, send you a message somehow or you go back to your doctors and they say, you know what, for some reason you're completely cured. You have no cancer anymore, no problem. You know, See, this time period will have affected you so that hopefully the rest of your life you'll always enjoy your children with this tremendous enjoyment factor that mm-hmm. you're having now. 
And I think that that translates to your kids. I think the idea of right now them sitting on your lap, knowing that their dad enjoys them, is extremely important, will translate one day to understanding their Heavenly Father enjoying them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I can't give you a verse for that one. Um, I do know, though, that you look at someone like Moses in the Bible. How, how long did Moses have with his mother? Not long. No. You remember, he got thrown in the bulrushes mm-hmm. there. His sister basically pulled a fast one, and he ended up in, in Pharaoh's court as the next in charge. Yep. That was an a interesting move, you know, mm-hmm. that God did. Now, can you imagine, uh, we, when we talk about fear, the fear of, of cancer, if you want to call it the fear of whatever disease people might be struggling with, the, the fear of Moses' mother, she gives birth at a time where the king made an edict that the child, if it's a male, will have to die. Mm-hmm. So she gives birth knowing that her son should die. I don't know any mom that would think, you know, this is a good time in life. Mm-hmm. She takes this child as hard as it would be, puts him in a basket, puts him in a river, lets it, her daughter watch him. All of a sudden, Pharaoh's family comes down to bathe right there. It's like, what is going on? When, there are times in life where you think there's nothing, there's nothing working out here. You don't have the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, God worked it out so that this mother could nurse her own child and take care of Moses for just a few years. And then she had to turn him over to Pharaoh. I would suggest that those few years of influence in Moses' life molded him for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you, Nate, and anyone else who's listening that is having um, a struggle with any terminal uh, illness, that you think about enjoying the people around you and not think about continually missing the people around you. Because I'm not 100% sure, Nate, when the day comes, again, five years, five months, 50 years, the day comes when God takes you home I'm not sure that you're not going to be able to keep up with what's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that, in fact, I am sure that your Heavenly Father is more concerned about your children and your wife than you will ever be. And he already has a plan mm-hmm. to care for them. And your job right now in life is to enjoy God and to enjoy them mm-hmm. and not to make sure that you're manipulating or changing any systems or or making sure things are right you can't make sure things are right you don't even know what to prepare for Mm-mm. yeah it's a it's a difficult process to go through because it's a you know there's the the world you know we live in a world where you have to have different things in place like you know power of attorney you know, all the the legal stuff and you know stuff that most 36 year olds it's kind of on their brain if they're planning Right. But it's not right in front of them. Well, that's all right in front of my face. You know, where I have to, you have to prepare for certain things, you know, just in case the, you know, I do pass away. Sure. Because I, you know, I'm obligated, you know, as a, a husband and a father to make sure that some of those things are taken care of because it makes it a whole lot easier, 
you know, in the mourning process, you know, the, yeah. having life insurance in place, having, right. um, you know, you name it, kind of in place, uh, getting bills uh, situated to where it's in, you know, both of our names right. as opposed to one so that, you know, in the event of my passing, my wife doesn't have to worry about a whole lot of trying to scramble around get this stuff situated. Yeah. You know what we found um, accidentally that uh, on ownership papers, we list ourselves as Dave or, yep. uh, you know, not Dave and. Yep. And that way, either one of us, um, if something happens to one of the others, either one of us. So if somebody is in a situation like you are, even if they're not, see, the, if it's fun, I was going to say the funny thing, but there's nothing really funny about it. But the, the funny thing is, all of us are terminal. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you just happen to have cancer that could very well take your life, but you could be driving home and get hit by a bus. I mean, mm-hmm. he, we think, you know, that cancer will one day take you. And I think there's reasonable reason to believe that. Mm-hmm. However, um, I'm not sure if you ever knew the lady that was our uh, my dad's secretary and bookkeeper up here before. For your time, actually. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah. Uh, you know, she had all kinds of issues that were going on. She had hepatitis C before the cure was out. She had, you know, all kinds of things. And she had this desire that if she ever would die, that she'd be, she would die sitting on her living room sofa. And she didn't want to be a burden to anybody and, you know, whatever. And, and uh, one day I get a call that she, that she died. And I thought, where was she? Sitting on her living room sofa. Yeah, her dog was by her side, and I, I mean, she was a single lady, and that that those were the things that she asked God to help her do. I, I mean, she just didn't want to go to a nursing home. She didn't want to do some things that, you know, others. And again, we don't always get what we want. But I found it interesting. She died on the couch. But here's what she died from. She didn't die from anything I knew about. She died from throat cancer. Hmm. And I'm thinking, wait, wait, wait. She had throat cancer. How? How come we didn't know she had throat cancer? <laughs> you know, I mean, and that was what the death certificate said. And I'm thinking, hey, wait, I knew about heart. I knew about liver. I knew about she died of something that we weren't prepared for her to die from. And we were looking at these other areas that the medical community was treating. And so they were treating this other stuff. And I'm thinking, well, you could die from that. So, I mean, as I talk to you, I think, well, yeah, most likely cancer one day. But it could be something else. But it could be, mm-hmm. you know, a bad nacho chip. You know, I mean, <laughs> it could be something else that you look at and go, how'd that happen? Because mm-hmm. we're all terminal. So if we're all terminal, what is it that we need to think about as far as adjusting our lives while we're here? That's stay, the question. Maybe just stay focused on God because he is the constant. That's Everything right. else around us is, uh, is temporary, will fail. But God's that constant. And, and it's the constant that you need in your life because mm-hmm. I just described why people get um, depressed and angry and anxious because nobody can hold, nobody knows the future, but God does know the future. Mm-hmm. So, so you can cling to it and you can understand it. There were so many people who just understood the importance of proximity. In other words, closeness to God. And, you know, Nate, right now in your condition, Right now, in your wife's condition, which is being married to a guy with excuse me, being married to a guy with cancer, both of you can draw close to God. Mm-hmm. 
And that is the answer for long-term success. Those that are listening that have never been in God's family, they've never responded to God's invitation to be in their family, they will be anxious. They will have to depend on medicine because God is not their father. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, is we can't be in God's family because of our efforts. We're in God's family because he allows us to enter his family through the death of his son. Very simply put is this. Our sin has caused a debt that we can't pay. The debt is actually separation from God. Mm-hmm. Now, this whole podcast, all the time, we've been talking about the importance of proximity being close to God. What sin does is keep us away from God. So there's no possible way to enjoy the benefits of being close to God because we're away from him. So God said, I know that, so I'm going to pay the price for the sin. The price for the sin is death. He sent Jesus. Jesus came, died, rose again. He paid the price, and he basically says, do you want to be close to me? If so, accept the payment that I made for you because I only accept one payment. It's kind of like if I go to, um, or you or I, we go to Walmart, and uh, we have a really shiny pocket knife, and um, I'm in line, and I tell the guy at Walmart, you know what, I, I need this gallon of milk. I'll give you this pocket knife for it. He says, sorry, sir, I, we don't accept pocket knives for milk. I said, well, you should. It's a really good knife. It's got more value than that milk, and you should accept it. Sir, we, we don't. What do you accept? Money? One way or another, it has to be money. I don't care if it's credit or debit. It's money. And I would look at him and go, you're so narrow-minded. I got so many things I could trade for this milk. You don't understand. I have a pile of stuff. I'm sorry, sir. Mr. Walmart says money. Mm-hmm. And he owns the business. I, would, I could get mad. I could get upset, but I'm not getting milk. Because I'm not giving to Mr. Walmart the exchange that he demanded. What God demanded, if we are people who live in sin, and we are, is that there be a death payment for that. But because he loved us, he said, but I'll take care of it for you if you want. So it'd be like if you were behind me in line in Walmart and you said, I don't know what kind of interesting character you are, but it's $5 or $4, whatever milk is, $3. Why don't I pay for it for you? Here's the acceptable amount. Now, I could look at that and kick it away and say, no, he's got to take my knife. Or I could say, thank you, and I take the acceptable amount and I give it to the clerk. You see, that's what God did for us. Mm -hmm. And people who can't get close to God can't get close to him because they're trying to get close to him with a knife or a effort or religion or whatever whatever they're using. And God says, no, the only only thing I accept is death, and it's my son Mm -hmm. who paid for it. I tell you, I love it that way. The other illustration in the Bible that we've talked about is orphan, being an orphan. See, an orphan has nothing to offer, nothing. You look at an orphan and... All they have is this need. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to adopt them, you're the ones who have the resource. And you use your resource for that orphan. When God looks at me or you or those that are listening, he looks at us and says, orphan, you have a need. I, have, I can supply the need, but you need to accept it. So those who are listening, they're saying, you know what? I'm so scared. I'm so scared of 
you know, the circumstances. I'm scared of the cancer. I'm scared of the whatever disease you might have, or, or I'm scared of being poor. You know, the first step is you need to be able to draw close to God. When you hear Nate talk right now, you're hearing a man who is, who is publicly talking about how important it is to draw close to God. But if you're not in his family, you can't do that. I would invite you, if you could get a Bible, to go to John chapter 3. Uh, John, is there's a New Testament section of the Bible, and, and it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It would be the fourth book. And there's this religious guy, Nicodemus, that comes to him. And Nicodemus comes and he says, you know, what do I need to do basically to get into heaven? And God says, you need to be born again. And that's where that phrase came from. And a little later in the, in the chapter is, is a verse that many people understand. It's John three sixteen where it says, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's God coming to us saying, look, it's really not about you and your efforts. It's really about me and my provision. You need to trust it and take it. And if you do, you can be in my family. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, but that's why you have hope. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, there's always a struggle. You know, it's the, you know, Satan loves to come and mess things up and make things difficult. But, you know, ultimately that hope is put in Christ. You know, when it's uh, when the going gets tough, uh, it's you really have to work on focusing on God because it's very easy to get distracted by, you know, the pain, the fear, you know, of all the unknowns. Yep. But when you start focusing on the known, which is God's love and you know the provisions He's provided, that's where that comfort comes. Yeah. You know, it's like if your kids were in Walmart demanding and screaming that you give them a certain toy or you don't love them. You just kind of look at them and smile mm-hmm. because you know that that's a lie. I think people come to God and they say, God, if you love me, I won't have cancer. If you love me, I, I, I can walk and I won't be crippled. If you love me, you know, I, I think God must just smile at times and go, I do love you. And you have that. Mm-hmm. The key isn't getting away from that. It's drawing to me. Some people don't understand what love actually is. You know, love is wanting what's best for the other person. And sometimes what's best for the other person might not look what we would call good. Right. You know, it's, uh, you know, I can kind of agree with, you know, our friend, you know, saying that, you know, cancer is probably one of the best things that happened. It's, you know, I've learned a lot from it and it's incredible because God has really changed me and has used me in ways that, yeah, I would have never imagined. Well, your disease, Nate, will make you into a better man or it'll make you into an absolute pill. <laughs> you know, one of the two. I know my mom used to work, use the word pill, so people may not know what that means. An absolute pain, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, one of the two. And uh, I'm enjoying seeing how God is working in your life and using it to your benefit. And uh, I do pray that one day that you'd be miraculously cured. I would love to see that. I would love to see you around for another 50, 60 years. And, and because I think the things that you're learning right now are things that need to be in people's hearts and heads. And, and you will have a platform in which to do that. But regardless of what happens, I think that uh, we can rejoice in the fact that God is able to take care of you, your mm-hmm. wife, your children, and wherever you end up six months, six years, 60 years from now, 
you are still going to be able to do the same thing you can do now, and that's enjoy God and enjoy the people mm -hmm. who you have enjoyed, who have put their trust in Christ. You've been listening to Younger Older uh, from Relate365.com. See you next time.